You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. tournament it's finally here the brackets have been set and the teams are ready to hit the court and DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy is celebrating with their largest free college basketball survival pool ever how large you may ask one million dollars in total prizes up for grabs and if that's not enough check this out when you enter the free DraftKings one million dollar survival pool you could win a shot at ten thousand dollars for every upset uh, throughout the first two rounds of the tournament. It's easy to play. You just pick one team per day. If they win, you survive and advance to the next round. Last person standing is the winner. Remember, you only can pick one team uh, for the entire tournament, so choose wisely. DraftKings is a safe source app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So get in on all of this week's action. Download the DraftKings app now. Enter code THPN during sign-up and enter the free $1 million survivor pool. Again, that's promo code THPN to enter the DraftKings free $1 million survival pool. Eligibility restrictions and terms and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, March 16th. Ian Cameron with you, and we are ready for another edition of the show uh, a Tuesday card that is, believe it or not, a little bit shorter than we're used to uh, seeing uh, on this particular day of the week. That was actually a larger uh, NHL slate that we had to uh, look over yesterday on Monday. So with that in mind, uh, we are going to give you a little recap first of the uh, Monday card uh, before uh, we look over the uh, games taking place on this Tuesday. Uh, it was a busy slate of action uh, in the NHL uh, on uh, on uh, Monday night. So uh, let's get down to business and look over uh, some of those games. Uh, let's start with the uh, Battle of Alberta, an intense game, really fun game. Back and forth it went. Uh, the Calgary Flames, really, to be honest with you, doing a lot of the things that they simply, maybe they weren't capable of doing them. Maybe they just didn't want to do them. Maybe it was a situation where the coach's message gets a little stale and you end up tuning the guy out. Uh, and maybe that was a product of what we saw uh, from this team uh, during the uh, final few days of the Jeff Ward era. But I'm noticing a completely different looking Calgary Flames hockey team uh, in these three games that they have played with Daryl Sutter behind the bench. It continued last night in a very uh, impressive uh, four to three uh, victory over the Edmonton Oilers. Really fun hockey game. Very exciting. One hell of a knockout, too. And one of the fights that took place uh, in the game last night as uh, Brett Ritchie ends up uh, KOing Jujar Kara uh, in that game uh, last night. Uh, just one punch right to the uh, one right hand, and that was it. Uh, so it was an impressive knockout there for Brett Ritchie. But that game was very intense back and forth. And the Flames now 3-0 and with Daryl Sutter behind the bench in that 4-3 to 
victory uh, that they had last night. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres, and we'll get into them because they're playing again tonight against New Jersey. But I don't – rock bottom, I mean, we. I think I've said the Sabres have hit rock bottom about a dozen times over the last year. Uh, and it seems like every uh, game that goes by, uh, this is a team that ends up uh, actually making looking worse uh, with the very next game that they play. And for the Buffalo Sabres, you know, you look at last night, and it's not just that you lose 6 nothing and get shut out by the Washington Capitals and just barely muster any shots on goal and barely muster any scoring chances. You know, it's the fact that here's Peter Laviolette, who this is the irony of this whole situation last night, who was accused at one point previously of putting his top players out on the power play when his team was winning in blowout fashion. Peter Laviolette was actually accused of that. And yet here's Laviolette last night, got his fourth line players on the ice on a late power play for the Washington Capitals when they had a five, six, nothing lead. It was five, nothing. It was at the time. So that tells you all you need to know. That's rock bot. That's an embarrassment if I'm the Buffalo Sabres. You know, we're such, we're, people are giving us such a huge pity party right now and feeling so freaking sorry for us right now that we're going to put our fourth line guys, our muggers and our checkers and our grinders out on the ice on a power play late in the third period. Uh, it's just, a mess right now the buffalo media is like vultures circling around this disaster right now like the dead carcasses that's what the that's what mike harrington and and all these guys for the buffalo media are like right now those were pointed questions being asked after that debacle last night to sam reinhardt uh to the head coach ralph krueger you know have you quit on the coach have you got to get new players in here that are going to give you some kind of effort some kind of spirit uh, on the ice uh, on a nightly basis uh, just some really, really dagger questions, and they're not holding back. You know, they are pointing the, the the barrel of the rifle is being pointed right at this team, all the players, the head coach, and it, you got to wonder, uh, is there anything that can be done to make this situation improve for the Buffalo Sabres? And uh, they're not going to have much time to dwell on it. Uh, they got to play the New Jersey Devils tonight, and we'll be breaking that game down uh, in just a second. We got my uh, colleague here, Jimmy Murphy, uh, joining us now on the Tuesday edition of the Ice Guys. Uh, Jimmy, welcome in. Before we get into Tuesday's card, some thoughts about last night. I mentioned Calgary's win, Buffalo, another debacle for them. And, of course, the Boston Bruins, where uh, they can't put a puck in the ocean, apparently, right now. Another loss for them against Pittsburgh last night. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. I, obviously, I was pretty focused on that. Uh, game, but you know, as far as the Bruins go right now, you know, they did do a lot of things right there. I, I think they actually it kind of went somewhat the way we thought it would, right? Uh, Ian, I mean, you had said they're going to come out, they know that they, they've got desperation, they know the pressure's on, they're going to come out strong and answer the bell after a really bad showing against the Rangers. I thought they did that, and unfortunately, I don't necessarily look at the scoring woes right now as the biggest issue there. I look at Yarolak absolutely shitting the bed in the first period. I mean, let's face it. If he stops those two shots, which both of them he should have had in the first period, the Bruins go into the intermission up one nothing, and that game goes in a totally different direction. I'm convinced of that. And I think, you know, when you see a goalie let in two softies like that, especially a guy that's been pretty good for you lately, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a bone crush. I mean, it, it, it gets you there. It's a backbreaker. But that being said, it's the onus is then on the players and the leaders on the team to pick up the goalie who's picked them up for a while, and they didn't do that. And so that's on them. But, you know, I look at tonight, and, you know, I know we'll get to it, but now you've got a backup going in there, and Dan Vladar, who's 
only experience was coming in and mop-up duty against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the Bruins aren't in a good position right now. I mean, I know they got Buffalo coming up later this week, so maybe that's two wins. But with the way they're playing, you never know. So that's the way I look at it, guys. And and we every night, like we talked about this yesterday, things are just going up and down, up and down in the standings. And right now the Bruins are one of these teams going down, and the Pittsburgh Penguins are on fire. They are going up. And, you know, you look at Sidney Crosby, the way he's playing right now, and the way Malkin's playing and then putting them together on that power play was just lethal. Uh, the Penguins are a team to be reckoned with going forward right now. They sure are. And that's a great segue right into the start of the Tuesday card because the first game on the betting rotation is indeed the Boston Bruins uh, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. So we'll get into that right now. Rematch of uh, the two teams playing last night back at it tonight in Pittsburgh. We've got the Penguins minus 115, slight home favorites, uh, the total five and a half, pretty much even money in this game. And yeah, As you mentioned, Boston having trouble finding the back of the net. I mean, a Matt Grizzlick point shot on the power play was all she wrote for the Bruin offense last night uh, against the uh, Penguins. Uh, and uh, of course, you know, you're right about the uh, first period. It's kind of like what we saw from the Leafs with Michael Hutchinson Sunday night against the Ottawa Senators. Your goalie just doesn't give you a chance. You know, at the very beginning of that game with two, two, and they both gave up two goals that absolutely should have been stopped. Hutchinson Sunday night against Ottawa for the Leafs, and then Yarrow Halak last night uh, against Pittsburgh. One's from the boards, sideboards, the faceoff dot, and it just goes right through him. He's not against his post. There's room, and it beats him. And then one goes right through him uh, on the on the first goal as well. It's, it's, it's a puck. He's got to stop both of those goals. He's got yep. to make the save. He's got to be better than that. And so. Here's what the what I thought coming into this game. My first inclination from a betting standpoint in this game from a total perspective was over, but I quickly got off that and and for a couple of different reasons here. First of all, Boston ain't scoring right now, and that's a clear problem right now. They're not finding the back of the net. I'm not totally convinced that because they're facing Casey DeSmith tonight instead of Tristan Jari that it's going to change, and I know they're going to take some solace in the fact they got over 40 shots last night. But at the end of the day, it's a results-oriented business. you got to have production to go with those shots. You can get all the shots, all the chances you want. If you don't bury anything, it doesn't matter. It doesn't worth, isn't worth a damn. It, it doesn't mean screw all to me, you know, that you get 40 shots in a game uh, and you don't put anything in. Uh, so at the end of the day, you know, Boston's just got to do a better job in terms of – and they've talked about it, everybody on the Bruins. They're all saying the same things, you know, traffic in front of the net, rebounds, shoot from everywhere – it's always what you get from teams when they're struggling to score. So I'm not convinced Boston's offense solves itself here tonight in this game. And second of all, my why I initially thought maybe I look over five and a half in this game is because of the Dan Vladar situation. He's making his first official start in the NHL, and, and you know he's got good numbers at Providence. You know, two point uh, two goals against, uh, nine twenty save percentage at Providence. But again, NHL, AHL, it's a different kettle of fish. All that being said. There's also that belief in my mind that the Bruins just really dig in defensively tonight to help this kid out uh, in net. Sometimes you get that. A lot of times you see that. Where the team, you know, with the young goalie making his first NHL start, and he'll do everything uh, in their power uh, to make life easy on him, be solid defensively, make sure you don't give him those grade A chances that he's going to have to stop. You make sure, you know, you make it sure you clear out the front of the net so that he sees the puck and is able to make the routine saves. You would think the Bruins have one hell of a defensive game tonight in, in front yeah. of him. So put those two things together, and I quickly got off the over. From a side perspective, it's Pittsburgh or pass, but I don't want to be a day late dollar short. I didn't bet Pittsburgh last night. 
I don't want to come back to them tonight when I didn't bet them last night. If I was on them last night, I probably would have bet them again today because I do think they're certainly the team in much better form right now at both ends of the ice. But I didn't bet them last night. Don't want to be in a spot where I take Pittsburgh tonight, and here's the Bruins rallying the troops around young Dan Vladar and Net tonight. So for that reason, it's just a lean to Pittsburgh. I ended up passing on the total and passing on the game uh, altogether. Jimmy, what do you think here, Bruins-Penguins? I think Jimmy Puckline's coming out here. I think the Bruins get smoked tonight. I really do. I I, I think that after last night, uh, they can be saying all the right things, but I sense a lot of frustration there right now. I sense a lot of fear when they're looking at the standings and how far they've dropped in such a short time. Um, and, and just a lot of uncertainty around that team right now. They're not in sync. And now you throw this kid into the fire there, uh, right to the Wolves, and that is the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, uh, I do like your call on, I like the fact that, yeah, the Bruins aren't scoring. So you would think a backup goalie go over, but no, the Bruins aren't scoring. So I'm going to make two plays on this. I'm going to do Jimmy puck line. Give me the Penguins minus one and a half. I'm seeing it at plus two fifteen in some places. And also give me the under five and a half, uh, just because the Bruins aren't scoring. There you go. So basically we're looking at, there's three possibilities that can get Jimmy to two and zero with these two, nothing Pittsburgh, uh, 3-1 Pittsburgh or 4-1 Pittsburgh. That's I'm what we're looking for. There That's you go, 4-1. Maybe with an empty net or kind of like last night, right? That's exactly yep. how last night uh, played out in this game. So uh, Jimmy liking the puck line here on Pittsburgh. Minus 1.5, plus 220 uh, is the price on that. And also under 5.5, minus 110. Next game, Buffalo Sabres, New Jersey Devils. New Jersey, minus 170. Home favorites, total 5.5, shaded to the over. And, and you're not seeing things. This ain't the Tampa Bay Lightning. This ain't the Pittsburgh Penguins. This ain't those teams laying minus 170 here. This is the New Jersey Devils, folks, laying minus 170 uh, against the Buffalo Sabres, which tells you all you need to know about the Buffalo Sabres right now. But the thing is, there's two colliding losing streaks for these teams coming into this game tonight. We know the Buffalo Sabres have just been pathetic. I mean, that's I, I, I could go on and on with the, uh, the synonyms and the adjectives and the adverbs to describe the Sabres. There's so many different ones you can come up with for a team that's 0-11, 11-game losing streak, 47-17. to They've been outscored uh, during those 11 games. Just pitiful uh, from the Sabres. But the New Jersey Devils have their own losing streak coming into this game tonight. They've lost 11 straight at home. Can you believe yeah. that? New Jersey Devils, they've lost 11 straight games on home ice. So something's got to give here in this game. But the thing is, Buffalo looks lifeless. I'm seeing ridiculous stuff, too. It's like it's almost like this team's just they're not only playing poorly, everything, nothing's working. They're not scoring. Of course, Eichel's out uh, all the time now. Uh, the defense and goaltending stinks. And now they get these chances and they're hitting posts. They're shanking shots. They're missing wide open nets. Guys are falling down. It's like someone throws a banana peel on the ice and they slip and fall. And uh, there goes that chance. That's happened multiple times to the Sabres. You know, Taylor Hall tripped on a breakaway a few games ago. Last night, uh, again, you know, another a guy falls down when on a two-on-one. A, a breakaway, wide open breakaway, clear cut, and a missed net by like 10 feet on the shot, uh, on the breakaway. I mean, it's just, that's, it's like the, uh, it's like the, uh, uh, Barnum and Bailey Circus right now uh, with this Buffalo Washington, Washington Generals. This is that's how bad it's getting. Like it's not just eleven <laughs> losses in a row, but you've been outscored by thirty. You're minus thirty. You know, in goal differential. Yeah, he's amazing. He's not. He's ruthless. He, he, he is like, not. Like, 
one out. Oh one. my God. Tell us how you really feel, Mike. <laughs> I mean, really, you know? I mean, that's a Jerry, like Jerry Sullivan. Lincoln, you like to play? <laughs> he makes Jerry Sullivan look tame. He's been a long time uh, Buffalo Sabre uh, reporter and writer as well. So yeah, he is, he's ruthless. Like he's not letting anybody get by wow. with this nonsense. He's, he's holding them accountable and it's hard to blame him because this is ridiculous. This is supposed to be a professional yeah. team right now. Yeah. And you know, the interesting thing, and he, he had pointed it out. I'm sure maybe somebody else did before, but I, it just sort of got past me. I, I didn't realize that the, the Buffalo Sabres don't have like, a team president or a director of hockey ops for, for Kevin Adams to bounce ideas off. I mean, he's got his assistant GMs. They're not that qualified though. So he doesn't really have anyone qualified or experienced uh, sort of with him or a little above him in, in you know, in the totem pole there. Um, and, and, and essentially it's become Mrs. Pagula, which is just insanity. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Kim Pagula is not, you know, going around scouting in ranks or watching hockey for the last 20 years. Like, like, uh, like say a Brian Burke with, you know, in the world, they brought him in in Calgary and now Pittsburgh. Uh, no, that's just not how it works. There's so much conflict of interest potential there um, in terms of having your owner be that person. And no wonder this is sh shit show up there. And it's not going to get any better until those morons, the Pagulas, are out of there. Yeah, and you know, it's amazing that the Pagulas can't look at what they're doing right with the football team, the Buffalo Bills, and say, well, hmm, maybe some of that can work with the Sabres. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Ian. I mean, what it comes down to, to me, the, the way I read that is they don't give a shit about the Sabres. The Sabres are just yeah. an asset to them. They're not hockey people, and they know that their their meal ticket is the NFL and is the, the Bills right now, especially with the Bills, the way they're going, uh, being a contender. And the Sabres are just like, oh, you know, we'll get to them when we get to them. And, and that sucks because, you know, people don't realize, I think, around the, the country and in Canada as well, that Buffalo is a great hockey market. They're an unbelievable hockey market. If you look at the NBC ratings on games, right, it's always the top ratings for each game is always the top is the two cities that are being represented in that game. And then by chance, usually it's the third team, the third ranking is Buffalo. So that is a great hockey market there. And obviously they're close to Toronto there. They've got a great rivalry there. It's just, it's sad to see what's going on there. Uh, it is. It is. And yeah, Kim said she's looking at the prospects. Yeah. That, uh, uh, that 20 years of scouting experience, I'm sure for NHL is coming in handy for her. Yes. Uh, that's, that's hard to believe, man. It, it really is. But, and the product on the ice, like, look, I mean, this team's struggling sure. to score goals big time. They're giving their, they're hemorrhaging goals uh, at, in, in their own zone as well. Carter Hutton and Jonas Johansson are just, you know, just not NHL goalies from anything I've seen as well. Uh, Hutton's had a tough year. Hutton's getting frustrated. It's going to be Jonas Johansson likely in net tonight. And he hasn't been any uh, better 0-5, 3.96 goals against average. He's nearly given up four goals per game. This uh, young kid here, Jonas Johansson. So, look, New Jersey's not in any great shape either. I mean, they're not playing great hockey either by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm seeing effort. I'm seeing them be competitive, give teams a good game. They took Washington overtime, you know, against the Islanders. They hung in there. They didn't uh, – they had a very, very painful loss. They thought they won the game Sunday against the Islanders and the, and, and the uh, uh, goal got taken off the board and then the islanders ended up winning that game uh, just after that uh, mackenzie blackwood has struggled big time and he's kind of had a downturn in his play now he's back in the net tonight 
for New Jersey. He definitely has had a tough time. I think he's lost five or six starts in a row. So uh, it does concern me a little bit. But, hey, if he's finally going to get off the schneid, this is still a capable young goalie. He showed you how good he can be early in the season. He's kind of fallen off lately. But this is the perfect spot. He's been rested a little bit because they've gone with Wedgwood a couple of times. Get him back in there. Get his confidence back. Get a win under his belt. No better time, no better opponent than facing this Buffalo team. So for me, it's the uh, keep it simple, stupid theory. Devil's regulation for me uh, in this game at minus 110. Very good price, right around even money. Uh, I like the Devils. Minus 110 to minus 115 is what you can get with that. For me, it's New Jersey and regulation. I can tell you, Mike, our colleague Alex B. Smith can't be on the show today, a little under the weather. Uh, he also likes that. He is also on Devils uh, in regulation here, minus 115. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here, Buffalo, New Jersey? I'm just – I'm passing on this game. It's just – I don't – Nothing intrigues me about it except uh, the the long-lasting train wreck that the Buffalo Sabres are right now. Just It's like in slow motion, and it's just not stopping. And, you know, one more thing on them. Sorry to rant, but I know I've said it here before, but shame on Taylor Hall. Shame on him coming in there on that one-year deal. And when realizing things are starting to go bad, he just folds up his tent and does nothing. He, he is, to me, the epitome of a me player. He's not a team guy, never has been, never will be. And I really pray that some team doesn't overpay for that waste of space and that overrated piece of crap. I'm sorry. That's what wow. I think. Of <laughs> that's bringing out the knives and the daggers right there uh, big time. And, yeah, it's, it sounds like Mike Harrington now. <laughs> well, I mean, everywhere he goes. I mean, and let's face yep. it. I mean, I, I get, you know, he won the MVP in New Jersey. And so he's not a team player. Well, who the hell else did New Jersey have? Okay. he That was a one year he decided that I'm going to play and I'm not going to sulk and I'm, I'm going to do. But guess what? He's playing for a contract. That's what he does. This is what Taylor Hall does, you know. And, and he, But he's playing for a contract now and he's playing like this. That just shows you the lack of heart and the lack of passion. Because you know what he's probably saying to himself is I'm going to get the money anyways. I'm Taylor Hall. I, you know, I'm a number one pick overall. He's still thinking that way. Well, guess what? Things are changing. I'm telling you, I'm talking to GMs every day right now as we head to the deadline, and a lot of GMs aren't going to go near him. They're disgusted by the way he's just given up with that team right now, and I don't blame him. There you go. And, it's, yeah, I, I think it's a lack of effort. I think he's not fighting through it. I mean, I think he's the king culprit of it. Everybody says, where's the effort? Are you fighting? Have you given up on your coach? Have you given up on the team? Have you given up on the season? He's probably the chief of it right now, uh, Taylor yeah. Hall, uh, in that regard. And look what he did at Arizona. Not a damn thing, you know. And New nope. Jersey, when they were supposed to have that great team. No, not not, not very good, not noticeable. Couldn't find him on the telescope, the telescope on the ice sometimes. I mean, that's been the issue. Showing up uh, has been an issue uh, for Taylor Hall, and it continues to be right now. Uh, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that on a lot of nights, the one kid giving you the greatest effort for the Sabres up front is that young rookie, Dylan Cousins. And that's an yeah. indictment of the rest of the team. You know, at least I see this guy with a little knocking some people around, getting in fights, getting scoring chances, generating things offensively for this team. Uh, I mean, some of these guys that uh, are, uh, you know, paid a lot more. Uh, Eric Stahl doesn't seem like he's locked in either. Uh, you know, he's in a really tough spot. He's a veteran guy that's in a, in a, a train wreck franchise right now. So it's tough. And the Sabres, by the way, if you want to get some uh, advanced numbers in here, you talk about expected goal margin, expected goals for, for them, 17.54 on the season. Expected goals against 22.21. You've got to be really bad to have a minus four, almost a minus five 
uh, goals margin, expected goal margin per game. That means they're expected to lose by almost five goals in every game based on what they're generating from a chance standpoint and what they're giving up. That's, that's horrendous. That's as bad as it gets. Uh, and look, you could say uh, that maybe it's hard to trust New Jersey, but they're absolutely the lesser of these two evils. There's no question about that. I don't feel anything close to that way about New Jersey. Yeah, it's been a tough go, but I think this is their chance to get back on track, which is why I like New Jersey here uh, in regulation. Next up, uh, we've got, as we continue on down the uh, Tuesday uh, NHL card, um, we've got the uh, New York Islanders and Washington Capitals. Uh, Islanders here about minus 115 uh, road favorites, total five and a half shaded to the over in this game. Uh, the Washington Capitals, it's a back-to-back -back spot for them. The Islanders played Sunday. So you have a nice little scheduling and situational advantage here uh, for the New York Islanders going into this game. Uh, you've also had a team that's been uh, battling some issues in terms of uh, player personnel. I mean, obviously just a devastating loss. Their captain, Anders Lee, uh, for the season uh, last week against New Jersey. Uh, done for the year, just has been playing so well. He's really become an impressive captain for that Islanders team, if you ask me, uh, Anders Lee. Been impressed with his game, impressed with his uh, work ethic and his uh, leadership off the ice. Uh, so to lose him is a big blow for the Islanders. Uh, J.G. Pajot and Noah Dobson landed on the COVID protocol list, but good news in the case of Pajot is that he's going to be off the list and back in the lineup tonight. Uh, for the New York Islanders going into this game, uh, which is uh, good because, you know, you're talking about a great, great two-way forwards uh, in the NHL. Mm -hmm. Pajot, that. he can give you offense, and he's extremely good uh, in his own zone. Uh, I think there's a situational edge for the Islanders. I do lean to the Islanders here a little bit, but I can't take anything away from Washington. They're playing some pretty damn good hockey right now. They're on their own uh, win streak. Uh, their offense has been uh, outstanding. Uh, five straight wins for them. Uh, Islanders, though, they're going uh, for nine uh, straight wins. Uh, or Actually, they're going for 10 in a row now because they won nine in a row with the uh, shootout win uh, against New Jersey on Sunday. So you've got two teams that are streaking right now. Five in a row for Washington, nine in a row for the Islanders. This game should be probably priced right where it is, a pick em. I'm probably going to stay off the game and pass, but uh, I do lean a little bit to the New York Islanders. Even the loss of Lee, this is where Beauvillier, Everly, uh, you've got other guys to step up for them. Kiefer Bellows, watch out for, for him. Took the spot on the top line the other night and scored two goals against New Jersey. So whenever you lose a guy like an Anders Lee, you need to see if these reinforcements can slide into the lineup and produce and make an impact. Uh, he was able to do that, uh, Kiefer Bellows. So watch out for that, for, the, for him, for the New York Islanders. Maybe a little under the radar goal scorer prop. Unfortunately, I was looking for Kiefer Bellows today on the goal scorer props on multiple books and he wasn't listed anywhere. So I think people are asleep at the wheel that, you know, if that he's not only playing now for the Islanders, but also producing. So that was disappointing, but uh, I still lean Islanders a little bit here. Someone's got to lose. Uh, I just think the Islanders at this price with a little bit of a rest advantage, having not played last night uh, is the uh, way I would go. I'm not betting it, but just a lean to the Islanders. Jimmy, what do you think? Islanders capitals. Yeah, I mean, I, I, whoop, you got me, right? Okay, yep. good. I thought I did the mute thing again. Uh, anyhow, you know what? I, I You look at the Islands right now, I mean, you just I can't go against them, just the way they're playing. I know this, the Caps are on a streak as well, as you pointed out, but the Islanders are playing some great hockey right now. So I could see this. I, I definitely had a little part of me that likes a draw in this one, um, but I'm going to – just play it safe and maybe maybe they end up winning in overtime of the shootout. I'm gonna go with the Islanders on the money line. 
All right, liking the Islanders on the money line, and I uh, lean in that direction uh, as well. Carolina and Detroit, we've got the uh, Hurricanes, minus 225 road favorites here, five and a half, the total shaded uh, to the over in this game. Um, Carolina Hurricanes uh, playing excellent hockey, eight-game win streak for them, uh, really outstanding. Uh, Nino Niederreiter's been outstanding for this team uh, all season long. He's been terrific. Uh, of course, Svechnikov and Ajo, it goes without saying how good offensively they've been. You look at this blue line. There's not a real dominant blue liner on this team, but one through six, they are just rock solid and steady with Brady Shea and Brett Pesci and Jacob Slavin and Dougie Hamilton's having a nice season. So that this, this is a very, very strong, solid Carolina team. Uh, even the goaltending has managed to hold the fort with Peter Morozik out now for well over a month. Uh, Alex Nedeljkovic and the James Reimer combination uh, have done the job for them. Uh, even uh, Brock McGinn's also uh, chipped in offensively from that third line. So, you know, this team's playing well. I was on the over when these two teams played on Sunday, and it was kind of a snooze fest. Uh, Detroit didn't really generate much, and Nedeljkovic actually played very, very well. It's going to be Reimer this time around. Jeff, you know, usually coaches really criticize their team for, for bad defensive play more than bad offensive play. Jeff Blaschel actually criticized his team against Carolina for not generating anything. He says they're rip, ripping the team offensively, saying we got to be better than that uh, in terms of uh, generating goals. So uh, he wants this team to be uh, more aggressive. They said they passed the puck way too much, uh, and uh, we need to get the game a little bit more hectic, shoot the puck more. Uh, the game that should have went over on Sunday but didn't, I think it does go over tonight. So uh, I'm not involved in the side. I, you know, Carolina's not a team I'm going against, but when they're laying a minus 225 type price on the road, you sometimes struggle to find the value. So I'm just going to stick with over the total. It came up short Sunday. I think it gets here tonight in this game. Good chance it's Grice, by the way, for Detroit in net. And believe it or not, he's been the subpar goalie compared to Jonathan Bernier. Uh, for this Detroit team this season. So I think the game does get over the total. That's the way I'm going to go with the uh, Canes and the Wings over five and a half minus 115. Jimmy, what do you think here with Carolina Detroit? Yeah, I mean, look, Detroit, hey, look what they did against Tampa the other night. But I mean, they, they're still Detroit. Uh, I'm liking, I'm going to go with a, a puck line here again. Uh, give me the Carolina Hurricanes on the puck line. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're playing extremely well. Uh, the puck line here is plus 120. Uh, on the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So minus one and a half, plus 120 for Jimmy with Carolina. So two Jimmy Puck lines here today uh, for Jimmy Murphy already on this show. Uh, Arizona and Minnesota. Uh, the Minnesota Wild almost minus 200 here. Home favorites, five and a half, the total shaded to the under. Something tells me Arizona is going to give you one hell of a game and one hell of an effort tonight. They don't want to get swept three straight by Minnesota. The problem is I don't know if it's going to be enough. Like this Minnesota team is just terrific right now outstanding uh what can you say uh caprizov outstanding fiala zuccarello this is amazing zuccarello now that now he's finally healthy this is the best i've seen this guy play uh you know he didn't get to do much at, in dallas when he was with the stars because he was always injured all the time uh yep. and now he's healthy with minnesota and he's putting up the points big time for this team uh caprizov's just been uh unbelievable I mean, I don't know what else we can say. He's going to win Rookie of the Year, you would think. He's got to be the front runner uh, at yeah. this point in time. No question about that. Uh, four to one victory. Uh, you know, uh, it was a tight game for most of the way, uh, but then the uh, floodgates opened for Minnesota uh, in the third period of that win on Sunday afternoon. They're nine and three now at home this year. And even Cam Talbot, who's kind of been displaced by 
uh, Kapo Kakinen uh, in net for the Minnesota Wild was much better uh, in the last two starts that he's had. You know, for Arizona, uh, they're really a lot of quotes here saying, uh, you know, we've lost two in a row here. Christian Dvorak says we don't want to get swept in Minnesota. We've got to treat this game like a must for us and bring the best effort we can. So, you know, I, that's all nice, and the, the words are great, and I'm sure they are going to bring it tonight because they don't want to lose 0-3, but I'm not going in front of this Minnesota freight train right now. I'm just not going to do it. And Arizona is still struggling to find the back of the net at this point in time. Uh, so for me, this is not a game I'm going to be involved in either way. Uh, Minnesota, if you, if you weren't on Minnesota in the first game or the second game against Minnesota, I wouldn't take them tonight. I wouldn't because I think this is an Arizona spot. It's, you would think they're going to dig down and deep and do whatever they can to get out of here with a win tonight. But if you have been riding Minnesota the first two games against Arizona or previous to that, you could – I wouldn't talk you out of coming right back with Minnesota tonight, but I just don't know if you haven't been on this ride with Minnesota previous to tonight, that now's the time you want to jump on the train. That's just my thought when it comes to this game, but uh, should be interesting. Uh, and Capo Kakinen, by the way, is back in net tonight after Talbot got the last two starts. He's back in net. His numbers are brilliant. Uh, what is he? 10 and four on the season, uh, 2.21 goals against average, 924 save percentage, some excellent numbers from him. He's been terrific as of late in particular, uh, so for me, I just don't want to get in Minnesota's way, uh, even though Arizona, it gets that that feel, that gut feel of a game where, you know, it, they, they bring that game seven of a playoff series type of mentality, I think, tonight, Arizona. The question is, will it be enough? Jimmy, what do you think here, Arizona, Minnesota? Well, I mean, I see your re I see your reasoning there, and I, I don't disagree that that could happen. Um, but, you know, I've been on this train right now. I mean, Terry Edelman's got me – riding coach right now, man. And I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm going to move up to first class in a bit, I think, and uh, keep riding in, 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 until it really gets deep. So uh, I like the wildness, um, but I don't like them enough to take them on the side here. So what I'm going to do is take their team total over uh, for this game. Give me the wild. I believe I'm looking at a three and a half. Is three that and a half plus 120. Yeah. Yep. That's what I got here. So that's what I'll do for this game. Yeah, that's and if you think Minnesota offensively can do what they've done quite a bit lately, uh, and that's get you to four goals, you know, stay with that, and you don't have to worry about what Arizona does or doesn't do. So yeah, Minnesota over team total three and a half uh, plus one twenty for Jimmy uh, in this one. Uh, moving on down the card, we've got Tampa Bay and Dallas. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning minus one forty five to minus one fifty uh, road favorites. Uh, the total five and a half shaded to the under. I am on the lightning here at minus. Uh, I got minus 145. Maybe for the purposes of the show, I will uh, uh, you know, trim that down to a regulation bet. But I, I, I am on the lightning here. You know what it's like. Tampa off a loss. I'm interested. I'm always interested in back in Tampa Bay uh, when they've had a subpar game in their last game. And certainly they had that uh, against Nashville yesterday, uh, losing 4-1 to the Predators. But it's not like Tampa Bay was just garbage and didn't show up in that game. They had their chances. At, it wasn't effort. It wasn't they didn't play hard or play, you know, show up to play. It was the, the, the finishing ability, the execution you need to finish your chances. It wasn't there. They had a boatload of chances. They had a ton of great chances. And you got to give some credit to Pekka Rene, who, as I said on Twitter yesterday, pretty much had his one good game out of every 10 games yesterday uh, in that game against the uh, Tampa Bay. Light. That's, that's, that's what it is with him. Watch Rene now give up four or five in the next game because that's what he does. It's weird. It's weird. Does. Does, he have, 
Yeah, sorry to cut you off, but he if you've been reading about how you know that he's on their no trade list and then he's saying I'm gonna finish my career, why is he getting this free lifetime pass to stay there? I guess based on the past, but I mean he sucks right now. He's lost it. I mean, I think we talk about this all the time. I mean, he's not the Pecorene of their cup year. And he, even then he was kind of, he was letting in softies in the playoffs. And, you know, I, I just don't get that whole thing. It's really weird. Yeah. You know, and even if they still wanted to trade him now, don't do the ship has sailed. You know, the value ship has sailed. Yeah. The time to trade him was a year, two years you ago. Could see three years ago. A flyer on him. Who? You wouldn't take a, if you could get him for like a third or fourth rounder, and you're the Leafs. You wouldn't take a flyer on him to back up Anderson. No, no, uh, no because exactly. I got Campbell. I got right. Campbell, but I, will I have Campbell? Campbell can't get on the ice. Campbell can't stay healthy. Campbell's yeah. excellent when he's in there, you know. But unfortunately, uh, the suit turns bad. You know, he gets hurt again. So from yeah. that standpoint, what's the issue? Uh, that's the issue with Toronto. They love Campbell. He's played great for them, but he's also not played many games for them or as many because he's just yeah. can't stay healthy. And I don't so know for that, reason, yeah, do they explore another goalie? I don't know, but uh, I, it wouldn't be Pecorino, at least for me. Yeah, uh, if yeah, I was sorry, GM, I just, just you bring him up, and I, it, I was literally before I hopped on a show, I was reading about you know sort of this lifetime pass he apparently has to retire there. So, all right, well, it's like a golden ticket, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, right I don't know, he's, yeah. he's just going to be like Reg Dunlop. You have all the, the chocolate you want. You can play all the games <laughs> you want here in Music City. <laughs> Lifetime pass. Here we go. We'll bring you. We'll slowly up. We'll yeah. bring you out on your wheelchair when you're 80 yeah. years old, and you can play goal for us for the Nashville Predators. Yeah, uh, that's basically yeah. where we're at right now with Renee. But yeah, that was his one good start. You give him credit in 10 starts, as I yep. said, uh, and he was great yesterday. It was a turn back the clock and, performance. And I nailed that Rene. first period. Exactly with uh, Nashville, but Tampa Bay, they didn't play poorly. John Cooper said after the game, "Hey." We had chances. We didn't score. We had power plays. We didn't score. They had power plays. They scored. He said a lot of times in games this year, our power play has been the difference for us winning. Yesterday, for the one of the few times, it was the difference in us losing. They scored yep. on the power play, and we didn't. Uh, so it's not a panic situation for Tampa. Uh, I think they will uh, be back on track today against Dallas. And I was on Dallas as a best bet against Columbus, but that was more the uh, the opponent. Uh, that they played the Jackets just uh, totally out of sync, out of sorts, not playing good hockey, uh, consistently inconsistent, as I said the other day. Uh, they do have Radulov back, which definitely helps them offensively. But, uh, you know, Tampa Bay's really taken it to Dallas most of the season when these two teams have played head-to-head. -head. Of course, they have the Stanley Cup Finals win over them as well. Off the And they're actually good on the back-to-back, 2-1 -back, on the second night of back-to-back -back games this year, Tampa Bay. And Vasilevsky will be back in net after McElhaney played uh, yesterday. So I'll put it all together on I'm on Tampa Bay here around minus 145, minus 150 uh, in that price range. If you want to take Tampa in regulation for better value, uh, I wouldn't talk you out of that either. Jimmy, what do you think here? Lightning and stars. You know, we've, we've had the discussion. I think it was around this time last week, just talking about the Dallas stars and where they're at. I mean, every game's a playoff game for them right now. They win one and that might be it. That's the way they're going into every night. And that's a tough way to live. On one hand, you think, okay, desperation can be good. But on the other hand, it can backfire the other way. And then you're playing a team like Tampa Bay coming off a loss. Uh, I, I just, I got to go with Tampa Bay and give me another puck line. I don't know, puck line city today, buddy. Uh, give me the Tampa Bay lightning on the puck line. 
plus 180, minus one and a half with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning uh, on the puck line uh, for Jimmy Murphy. Looks like it'll be Ottinger in net, by the way, for the uh, Dallas Stars uh, tonight in yeah. this one. And uh, Rick Bonus isn't uh, shying away from this. He's, he's basically saying, here you go, boys. Here you go, Jake. Here you go, Anton. You're going to go back and forth getting starts and show me who should be the number one goalie long-term moving forward. I think that's kind of where he's at right now. Uh, Rick Bonus with his goaltending situation uh, with the Dallas Stars right now. Uh, Radulov should be a boost, though, moving forward. Uh, it was good to see him back the other night uh, against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. And uh, and uh, Dallas, again, they've played marginally better hockey lately, but running in, I think, to right. Tampa Bay at the wrong time uh, here tonight. Uh, final game, uh, we've got Anaheim, Colorado. Colorado minus 280. Huge price. Uh, 275, 280 home favorites. Total five and a half shaded to the over in this one. Look, Colorado is flat out better than Anaheim. And boy, Anaheim's had a really tough time of it of late. There's no denying that. But we're talking Colorado in this price range with no Kale McCarr, with no Bowen Byram, with Eric Johnson, three starting blue liners out for them. J.P. Comfer, a key depth forward, is also not going to play uh, tonight for the Avalanche. That is an astronomical price. And I'm not saying, you know, when they're fully healthy, you know, they're, they're, it's probably warranted. Uh, when you look at it, you know, the Ducks have lost three in a row. Uh, they were outscored 14 to two uh, in those losses. Uh, so, and I think Colorado, even with the injuries, you know, they lost, believe it or not, they're, the last time they played uh, Colorado, uh, or the last time Colorado played Anaheim. Uh, Anaheim rallied from behind to beat Colorado 5-4. So, I don't think Colorado's overlooking the Ducks here tonight uh, in this no. game. Alex and I have talked about this. This team has scored a few more goals, Anaheim, but that defense is in a shambles now. Remember early in the season, they were relying on that defensive foundation and John Gibson mm -hmm. being outstanding in net, and that foundation's crumbled, and it's crumbled for various reasons. They missed Hampus Lindholm on the blue line. That was a huge injury to them on that blue line. Hampus Lindholm is extremely strong on that Anaheim uh, back end. I think he can make a case he's their most important, uh, most critical defenseman. Uh, he's on IR. And the second issue is John Gibson's not playing as well because you're wearing the poor guy into the ground. You know, he's starting a ton of games. He's facing a ton of shots every night. And the workload and the just the – you're not only playing a lot of games, you're facing a ton of rubber in almost every game you're starting right now for John Gibson. And he's wearing down over that, you know, and that's the problem right now. He's overworked. He's facing too many shots. Uh, and you can only carry a team so long, and eventually the back is going to break. You know, and I think that's what's kind of happening here a little bit uh, for Gibson in this one. Uh, Colorado, by the way, I think Anaheim can find the back of the net tonight. I don't know for how many, but I think they could pop one or two because Hunter Miska's in net for the Avalanche, not Philip Grubauer. Now, Colorado's been very airtight defensively. They haven't given up a lot of shots in recent games, but Philip Grubauer was in net for a lot of those. It'll be Hunter Miska tonight in goal for the uh, Avalanche. He doesn't have really good numbers at all. His goals against average, I believe, 3.46. You know, just not very good uh, from Hunter Miska in a, a backup role this year. Yeah, 3.5 goals against average and an 865 save percentage and only one in three on the season uh, in his four starts. So this is not one home favorite. I'm staying off. Colorado completely. I don't want the money line. I don't want regulation. I don't want the puck line. I think they could win, but I think Anaheim's got the potential to dent Miska and Colorado for a few goals, especially with three starting defensemen out. But on the flip side, I think Colorado scores. The, the total is reasonable at five and a half. I like over the total here, five and a half with Anaheim 
and Colorado tonight. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Ducks Avalanche. Uh, you know, I'm going to go two places here. Uh, kind of ironic. I'm going to go team total over on Colorado. Uh, but then I'm going to take the under five and a half for the total game. So uh, give me those two plays on this game. All right. That's an interesting approach. So Colorado to do lots of scoring. Anaheim to do barely any. Uh, essentially, yeah. Jimmy like I like here. I like a four one here as well. And you know, I saw an interesting stat the other day. Colorado, I believe, in their last five games, I might have this wrong. We'll have to double check it. But I, it was something like they're only uh, allowing teams fifteen point five shots a game. Uh, they're just they're buckling down. Yep. Like we've been wondering where Colorado is, and their record sort of doesn't match where you expected them to be at this point. They've obviously had a lot of injuries. But even with guys still injured right now, they seem to be really in sync all of a sudden within their system. And we know the skill they have. So it seems like right now everything's starting to fall into place for Colorado to start to go on a surge here towards the playoffs. And I think that they're very much still a Stanley Cup contender. Oh, they're, uh, they're advanced numbers and uh, are all just outstanding. You know, yeah. if you look at expected goal margin, high danger chances, you know, all of that stuff, all of those key uh, advanced numbers, uh, they're near, the, they're a top three, five team in the league, you know, in a lot of those yeah. different categories. And, uh, you know, Rob and some, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was just going to say it. Sometimes it doesn't always show up. And the fact that, you know, there were a couple of games there, they barely beat LA, they barely beat Arizona, but they're out shooting the crap out of these teams and just carrying the play and dominating and dominating and tons of chances and not giving up much. And the puck just wasn't going in there. Yeah. And, and I, that's a good segue because I was going to bring up that LA game where they barely beat them there. But, you know, I heard Pierre Maguire talking on the radio, I think on TSN 1200 in Ottawa yesterday morning or today. I don't want, and he says, look, Rob Blake's in the elevator with me after that game, and he's saying, we're just not on their level. I mean, they're they're on a whole other level. They're like on a tier way above most of the NHL right now, and that's just a plain and simple of it. And we can play as hard as we want. We played a great game, but that's just where they are. And I, I think that's why, you know, they've had – you mentioned the loss they had to Anaheim earlier in the season. That's I don't think we're going to see those losses – to the lesser teams and the teams out of the playoffs. You know, a lot of times we see these contenders kind of slide and play down to the level of those teams in a stretch run. I don't think we're going to get that going forward from the Colorado Avalanche. I think the only losses we'll see for them is when they're playing somebody close to or at their level, if there is anyone. Yeah, and the shocking part of all this is the fact that, you know, Kale McCarr has been out for a long time yeah. now. Yeah, Byron's now missed teams. How scary is this team going to be? And Eric Johnson, who's a very – Good veterans, yeah. sturdy. Yeah, he's, he's still one of those yeah, blue guys. Yeah. yeah. What are they going to? How are they going to look when they get those three start? Those are three starting defensemen. Those I don't want to compare them. There, man. Yeah. The, the sky's the limit for Colorado because you're right. Grubauer too. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I I'll eat crow there, man. I was saying they're not going to do it unless they go out and get a goalie. They need to get Price. They need to get this guy. Hey, Grubauer, shut that up. I mean, he's been phenomenal. He has. He has. And this team is getting, I think, better and better playing in front of their goalies as well. That does concern me about the overs. I'll say, having said all of that, I'm on the over here. But uh, I, I do think Anaheim with Miska in net and not Grubauer, that was the key to the bet for me, is that it's not Grubauer tonight. Yeah. And I think that'll allow Anaheim maybe to get a couple of goals on the board tonight. And Colorado will take care of the rest because you're right. It's hem They're hemorrhaging goals all, all of a sudden, the Ducks. The defense is worn down. They missed Lindholm, who's a huge minutes. Uh, minutes 
uh, guy on the blue line, plays in all situations, and Gibson's just facing too much rubber uh, to handle right now, and it's wearing him down too. So uh, that's why I had the uh, like in the over here, five and a half with the Anaheim-Colorado game. There we go. That is the Tuesday card. We have gotten through each and every game on this Tuesday uh, NHL card. Thanks to everyone for tuning in live on YouTube. A reminder, we're on YouTube live Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, Sunday, noon Eastern, Every single day, seven days a week, we do the Ice Guys show right here, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, breaking down every single NHL game uh, from a betting perspective. You know, I'm absolutely floored and, you know, completely uh, humbled by the great comments and and uh, positive uh, remarks and uh, reviews of the show that I'm reading on Twitter and DMs and tweets and messages. And it's beyond flattering, guys. We thank you. We put in a lot of work put this show together we prep for it we try to give you all as good information as possible uh into this show and we really do appreciate you guys tuning in every day and another again a reminder if you can't watch daily live on youtube make sure you download the ice guys show uh, in audio podcast form on all major podcast providers uh our download numbers are fantastic uh with that uh, they keep improving and keep spreading the word you know anybody out there, and I know you guys do, that watch and listen every day that are hockey fans and even have an inkling, even have some mild interest in betting, you know, NHL hockey. Uh, let them know about this show. Uh, keep spreading the word uh, about the ice guys. We'll get to best bets in just a second. Before we do, got to take care of a little housekeeping, a little business, and that's to remind you that uh, to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN, uh, and when you do, and again, this is the time to do it. March Madness starts Thursday. You're going to get incentives with that. If you uh, download the THPN, pro, uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with the THPN promo code, you will get a deposit bonus. You'll get weekly specials and incentives, including revolving around the March Madness NCAA tournament starting this week. So now is the time to get involved with DraftKings. Download the Sportsbook app, the DK Sportsbook app. Sign up for an account and use the promo code THPN. All right, it is time for best bets. Uh, let's see if we can uh, go for the uh, 2-0 sweep here uh, with the best bets. I know Alex is on Devils in regulation, uh, and he likes, I believe, Minnesota uh, puck lines. Let me just uh, confirm that here because he sent it along to us uh, earlier today. Uh, he was under the uh, weather, which is why he couldn't join us today. But, uh, yeah, he is on uh, – yeah, he's on – no, he's on Islanders Capital. Beg your pardon. He's on Islanders Capitals first period over uh, minus one and a half, uh, minus one ten, and his best bet is New Jersey uh, in regulation minus one fifteen uh, against the Buffalo Sabers. Again, lesser of two evils. It's not like New Jersey's any great shakes right now, but to me, the lesser of two evils by far when you compare them to the Buffalo Sabers. Jimmy, what do you think for best bet here on this Tuesday card? Yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, – and this is why I tell you, I'm, I, I stay objective as I can. I'm, you know, I'm not going to just pick the Bruins because I cover them and I know them. Uh, my best bet, Pittsburgh Penguins, minus one and a half over the Boston Bruins tonight. All right, the Bruins struggles will continue, uh, says Jimmy Murphy, of course, Bruins writer uh, and reporter for years. Uh, like in the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, minus one and a half, plus 225 uh, against the Boston Bruins. Uh, that's his best bet. Um, my best bet is going to be Carolina, Detroit, over five and a half, minus 120. Uh, that over fell short on Sunday. Jeff Blaschel saying we got to be more aggressive offensively, open the game up more. 
yeah, he's going to open the game up more, maybe get more chances, maybe get more goals. It also means you're going to open up your defense more for Carolina to attack you the other way and, and really do some damage. You know, it's going to be Reimer in net for Carolina. We've talked about how he's kind of tailed off and his play has kind of petered off in recent games. The more he started, probably, probably Grice for Detroit, although it's not confirmed. And, you know, we've said it a bunch of times, his numbers are terrible this year, and he has clearly been shaken by not playing in front of the Islander or behind the Islander defense anymore. Uh, and under that Barry Trotz defensive structure and system, uh, it's been a, a eye-opening experience going from that to playing here in Detroit for Thomas Grice. So I think both teams find the back of the net. We'll go with Carolina, Detroit, over five and a half, minus 120 for my best bet. That'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. And a reminder, download the audio podcast if you can't watch us live on YouTube. For Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now a show that's going to give you the truth about the biggest epidemic of our times. We're all a little crazy. We're all a little crazy is brought to you by the same here global mental health movement and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is NHL great mental health advocate and member of the same here alliance, Theo Fleury. This is 20-year professional sports executive, mental health advocate, and founder of the hashtag same here global mental health movement, Eric Cusin. This is Darren Ravel, sports business insider, mental health advocate, and founder of the Same Here Influencer Alliance. We're so afraid as a society to rip the band-aid off the topic in a real way. Anytime you open up about something that's controversial or taboo, the first one through the wall always gets bloodied. And that's why we're doing this. We don't mind being the ones getting bloodied. We put our stories out there well before it was a thing to do for a reason. Because as much as they're extreme examples of how far you can fall, they show everyone the challenging life experiences impact everyone, even those of us who have reached the top of our competitive industries. The issue in media today, traditional media and social media, we are so quick to look for simple answers, simple explanations. We want everything wrapped in a bow. But this topic is messy. The nuances need to be explained. Yeah, it needs real long-form conversation like this. I'm just thrilled that we can be real with people and address the current events happening in this space in real time and set the record straight. More talk happening doesn't mean it's helping the conversation move forward. The words we use matter. We have the greatest mental health awareness in the history of our planet, and yet the mental health trends and outcomes are awful. It means the current messages aren't working. Find me a person who hasn't faced trauma in their lives. Anyone. You can. Things have affected all of us. It's why we all say we are all a little crazy in our own unique ways. This topic isn't for one in five of us with mental illness. It's for five in five whose mental health has been impacted. This isn't an athlete issue. It's not a musician issue. It's a societal one. This is the greatest epidemic of our time. No, it's not about stopping any stigma. It's about us all saying same here. Our openness and the commonality in our struggles, that's what erodes stigma better and faster than any campaign telling people to stop anything ever will. Available on all podcast apps 
Do us a favor and download each episode before you listen. And if you're an Apple user, please rate and review the podcast as it helps us get these important conversations out to reach a larger audience.